Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. How good is Aristides Aquino? He's so good that his three homer games make Jordan Alvarez's three homer games practically not exist. Nobody even cares. Back page. Yeah. Back page. Back page. Jordan Alvarez. And not one of those good back pages like, you know, the New York Post being on the back page is a good thing, you know, for sports. Sure. One of those, like, bad back I mean. pages. I yeah. meant bad. Mm-hmm. Bad back page. Bad. And he's 66% owned, and I'm starting him in the playoffs. 66? That jumped, like, 60% in one day. No. I guess that's what happened. Not that much, really, in one day. I'm exaggerating a little. But yeah, well, he went do from two percent owned last week to sixty-eight percent owned this. No, sixty-eight percent. Aristides Aquino. How about yeah. that? Is he the most added player? I, yes, he is. Yeah, Mike Talkman is two. It's uh, New York flavor after that. Talkman, Urshela, J.D. Davis. All right, so welcome to the show, Scott and I here at night. But not like so late where we're going to be goofy. It's 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, and there's a game in progress. I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction and say that Jake Arrieta just made his last start of the season. They're going to shut him down, put him on the IL. Just a guess. Um, but, you know, he's getting crushed. or He's already gotten crushed, and he's out of the game tonight. But um, you're hearing this on Monday morning, so good morning to you all, or Monday afternoon or whatever. We're here to help you set your lineup, here to help you pick up important players, and uh, let's get started, Scott. Who's the hitter to add? The hitter to add, I could go a few different directions. If you want, okay, if you want the hitter to add, who is the hitter I believe in most, because I'm sure we'll get to all of these guys today. Um, you know, I'm not even going to do Gio Urshela because he's 75%. And I'm sure we'll get to him too. But the one I'm going to say is J.D. Davis, Mets left fielder, who uh, homered twice over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday and Saturday, and obviously has been on a nice run since joining the starting lineup as an everyday player. Uh, his X VA. All right, first of all, let's just talk about batting average and uh, OPS, right? For uh, JD Davis this season, 308 batting average, OPS of about 900. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, he's on a hot streak, right? It's a small sample size because he's been a reserve most of the time. Well, his XBA and XWOBA are actually both higher than his batting average and WOBA. Like, he's underachieved, according to those stats. Guy who hits the ball to all fields, doesn't strike out much. Very excited. Very excited about J.D. Davis. Yep. Third base and outfield eligible, J.D. Davis. And he is on a lot of my teams. What is his ownership percentage? Uh, 44. 44. Wow. Okay. 44%. Okay. And, you know, at this point, are you ready to drop Justin Upton for J.D. Davis or Aristides Aquino, who's the most added player? Are you ready to drop Lorenzo Kane for these guys? Uh, I would be ready to drop Kane. I feel like Justin Upton, given his track record and how much time he missed, I... I don't know. I'd, I'd feel better about starting Davis right now. So if it comes down to not a being not a bench spot, I guess I might make that move. Uh, Aquino, I mean, look, I'm not saying anyone shouldn't pick up Aquino, uh, who is now up to 35 home runs this year between the majors and minors. And have you seen him? I, I'm sure you've seen him. I just had a three homer game. I'm sure you've seen the highlights for at least that. Yes, like that. He's the punisher. Wide wide open Tony Batista stance where he's like facing the pitcher yes. head on. Yeah. It's fun. It's it's fun, but like there's actually like that's that might be a key to the break because that just changed from this year when he was just kind of a middling, you know, um who's that guy in the Jorge Bonifacio, mm-hmm. that Royals outfielder that nobody cares about. He, that's who Aquino was before this year when he became monster power hitter. Uh, getting a good look at the pitcher as the ball comes in. I mean, it might be as simple as that. But it's a 30% strikeout rate, and he might have that Austin Riley situation going on where the you know he gets the rug pulled out from under him at some point. Or maybe not. 
But I I think he's scarier than J.D. Davis, so I'd rather have Davis. I think for this week, you know, Mike Talkman is is so interesting. It's seven games. They're all at home. And he's got the Orioles pitching staff for three of those four games. And then he does have the Indians, but no Shane Bieber, which is nice. He has um, Plutko, Savale, who's no picnic, Plezak, and Clevenger. Uh, but, you know, Gabriel Inoa, John Means, and Dylan Bundy, the first three games of the, of the, series, of the week for Talkman. So seven games all at home in that short right field porch, and three of them against Baltimore, who he homered. What do you want, like three times against Baltimore this this past yeah, week? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, talk, Talkman. Three times. Yeah, I I don't think Aquino is because uh, let me look at the, let me look at his matchups. Oh, sorry, I just moved away from the. That's mic. okay. Ah, we heard the Reds matchups are fine. He, you know, he he probably could be among the top ten sleeper hitters. Who Aquino? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, I wrote it before. He had a three homer day, uh, but Talkman is JD Davis is. Urshela, I mean, he was number one on the list, and clearly people responded to that over the weekend, as they should, because Urshela is just—I I think he's a stud. Um, Might be. He's really—he's got very good profile. Now, I don't want to talk about him because you know, it's just been a whole week of talking about Talkman and Urshela and J.D. Davis and Aquino. So those are definitely guys you could pick up. Has I, it been a whole week? We well, haven't talked about Aquino that much. Chris and I have, oh, okay. <laughs> and and you and I have, but no, Aquino deserves it. I mean, he hit those three home runs, and I think the question now is really who do you drop for these hot hitters? Uh, so, like like Lorenzo Cain, I dropped uh, Elvis Andrews. I am dropping in a points league for ooh, maybe JD Davis or somebody hot. I can't remember. Um, obviously, that I'm going to plug somebody in at shortstop. But look, we're at the point in the season where right now matters. This is a playoff week. Elvis Andrews in a points league has been mostly useless for about a month. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of struggling guys that I think I'm ready to pull the plug on. I don't know if any other names come to mind with, for you, Scott. I, like Chris Davis. Would you drop Chris Davis for any of these guys? I think I may have just dropped Chris Davis in the podcast points league. Uh, I'm not sure if it went through or not. I may have another claim going through tonight, though it's for a pitcher. Yes. I think I would drop Chris Davis for all of these guys. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's time to, it's winning time. So. He's, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's DH only makes him pretty unstartable, I think. If, if, you're, like, if you're competitive, and I imagine those are the only people really listening and making moves still. Uh, and and you're in you play in a league with you know standard head-to-head lineup, so that DH spot is really precious because you know anytime you have an extra player at any position, that's where you're that's the only place you could put them. Yeah. Like you you obviously have somebody good in that spot if you've gotten if you made it to this point and you're still competitive, you know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, pitchers to add. Oh, oh, another hitter to add is Ian Happ. By the way, he's going to be second base eligible on Monday. He made his fifth appearance there today, so that's actually who I dropped Elvis Andrews for. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's not striking out right. nearly as much as we remember him doing. And that started in July in the minors. I don't know exactly what changed for him, but he stopped striking out so darn much. Uh, started four or five at second base, and he has only four Ks in those games. And I think it actually looks better if you go further back. But yeah, four home runs in seven games for Ian Happ. Yep. Okay, Scott, pitchers to add. Who do we got? So the pitchers aren't as exciting as the hitters. Yeah. Uh, there is Mitch Keller, who's coming back up for a two-start week, I guess, unless he just totally bombs on Monday. <laughs> he's I, gonna I, be, I'd, uh... I'd be enthusiastic about picking him up because like, he's a pitcher with upside. He's been considered one of the best pitching prospects for years now, even though the numbers are kind of they don't they don't blow you away uh triple a obviously this year is very hitter friendly so you gotta gotta factor that in he had 12 strikeouts in his most recent triple a star obviously we've seen him before this year and it didn't go well three awful starts but um you know he, he's he's looked pretty good since getting back to triple a so i wouldn't be picking up to start him for two starts but to add him i i think i think that's fine uh, Aaron Savale was good again on Sunday. 
Five strikeouts in six innings, so he's right at a strikeout per inning between his three starts. 18 strikeouts in 18 innings after a good showing at AAA. Again, a very difficult place to pitch. Not exactly sure what's made Savale so successful this year, but it's been a long enough pattern that, uh, and, you know, options of pitching are so limited that I think you got to make a play for him, too. Yeah, I watched the start today, a lot of it, uh, against the Twins. It was at the Twins. And he's going to be at the Yankees this week. I was certainly was afraid of Aaron Savali's matchups, but okay, fine. Even with the Twins without Nelson Cruz, it's still a brutal lineup. The Yankees, on the other hand, are really not that bad of a lineup. Yeah, I mean they get Sanchez back today, but but I mean they got they're not the same. Uh, so I don't know. I'm on the fence about whether or not I'd start Savali, but my impression is. Uh, you know, it's not. It doesn't look like unbelievable stuff, but it looks like he's got enough of an arsenal to keep people off balance, and mm-hmm. kind of changes locations, changes pitches. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a good pitcher. I, I was pretty impressed. He really had them. Seemed like very full today. Six innings, one run, five strikeouts on Sunday at Minnesota. So he's yeah, definitely a guy I'd line. be picking up. All right, so I'm going to put a third name out there, okay. and this one. He's only 5% owned, which means Ooh, people have not reacted in the way I've reacted. They probably know better. They're probably Hold smarter on. than me. Hold on, Scott. Let me see. I'm going to go to my deep league section here. It's not, not, it's not Sandum. Oh, league. oh. Um, I can't get behind it. <laughs> I tried to pick him up in every league. And I this can't is get behind it. The state of pitching. You got to pursue upside wherever it reveals itself. And sometimes it reveals itself with a 30 year old journeyman <laughs> by yeah. the name of Mike Montgomery. Now, <sighs> I'll preface this as always when just because you pick up a guy doesn't mean you have to start him, right? I mean, even if you're, you know, fighting for your playoff life right now. You know, you make it to the next round. Mike Montgomery has another dominant start. Then what? But what he did on Saturday, granted, against the Tigers, probably the worst lineup in baseball without Castellanos, 12 strikeouts and seven shutout innings with 20 swinging strikes. Mm -hmm. Not an isolated incident because his last time out, five and a third innings with 13 swinging strikes, very high swinging strike rate, two starts in a row. And what he said after that start was, you know, getting – out of the bullpen, getting back in a, in a you know multi-inning situation, you really get to uh, make use of your full arsenal. The cutter is something he wasn't throwing out of the bullpen for the Cubs, and the cutter has been very effective for him since moving back to the rotation. He's thrown it a lot, and it's made it seemed to make every pitch of his a better uh, a better swing and miss pitch. Mm-hmm. And so the two starts in a row that have been like really eye-opening and for a guy who i mean it's it's ancient history now but mike montgomery was considered one of the very best like top 20 overall prospects when he was coming up through the royals organization and it just you know he got to the majors and didn't go anywhere he got moved to the bullpen pretty quickly and whatever but i don't know i don't know i'm i'm intrigued enough to pick it up pick him up and see where it goes because there have been bigger a big i mean like when Mike Miner was hot at the start of the year. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were just like, whatever, it's Mike Miner. And look at look how that's gone. Lance Lynn, same situation. Like sometimes yeah, yeah. Sometimes they come out of nowhere. Mike Montgomery has the amazing Mets this week in a one-start week. So he's 5% owned. Cal Quantrill is 28% owned. Who would you rather have, Cal Quantrill or Mike Montgomery? Montgomery... Okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's made Quantrill effective. He's certainly not getting strikeouts, so I'm not not trusting in that. Okay. So Scott gave you Mitch Keller as a guy to, to pick pick up and not necessarily start, even with his two starts at the Angels and the Cubs. Aaron Savali, one start at the Yankees this week. And Mike Montgomery, one start against the Mets. So I'm not sure we're starting any of these guys, but, you know, you you could do worse at least in terms of stashing right now and seeing where it goes. Aaron Sanchez is like 75% owned. I'm not shocked he had a good start against the Orioles. Five innings, one run, three walks, but six strikeouts. That came after a six scoreless innings, two two uh, walks, six strikeouts, start against Seattle. 
Aaron Sanchez will be at Oakland this week, so you could add him. Jeff Samarja is also 75%. He's been awesome. He's got a 195 ERA in his last eight starts. Um, I'm kind of interested in Mike Fultonevich. I know that his ERA hasn't been very good in his in his two starts since coming back, but he has 14 strikeouts and 11 and a third. Uh, yeah, that, that first start, the slider definitely looked like it was back, and that was the key. I, I think I wasn't on Wednesday's show when you talked about it, but that was yeah. kind of the key. To, I talked uh, about that, yeah. Yeah, he got 10 swinging of his 15 swinging strikes were on the slider, which he threw more than when he was up before. Seemed to get the confidence back in it when he said he didn't trust him. He, he didn't feel comfortable throwing it anymore after losing a lot of spring training to an elbow injury. Um, oh, I got a guy. It, was, it wasn't quite as effective this time out, at least in terms of the numbers. I didn't watch it. It was actually blacked out for me, so I couldn't watch it. It was blacked out? Yeah. I, the, the Marlins are the only team oh. I can't watch. Well, you I don't have cable? Marlins games. You don't have cable? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I mean, a, I have some cable. You're a cord cutter. The broadcast the Marlins games locally. Wow, Scott's the a MLB cord. At, at bad app. Scott yeah. is a cord cutter. How about that? All right, so yeah. so here's another. Let me give you two more guys. Who are, they're all owned right around the same range. Uh, Fulton Evich, Chris Bassett, and Ryan Yarbrough. All owned in about 66% of leagues. Bassett, starting to pitch pretty well. I mean, for the year, he's a 356 ERA and a 118 whip. Four straight starts of um, six or more innings. And unfortunately, he gets Houston this week. And uh, Ryan Yarbrough almost threw a complete game shutout today, went, or Sunday. He went eight and two-thirds, three hits, no runs, eight strikeouts. And he gets Detroit this week. I don't know if he's going to be starting or coming in as a reliever. But um, Fultonevich, Bassett, and Yarbrough, who'd you be interested there? Who would you be interested in there? So Fultonevich is the upside play. You're hoping to get, you know, strike gold with him. Yarbrough is the, he's not bad. He's pretty handy. He's being relief pitcher eligible. A lot of win potential since he often follows an, op- follows an opener. Probably needs to be owned. And then Bassett's the guy I just don't believe in at all. Yeah, he's been he's been good lately. That's for sure. For four of his past six starts, quality starts, with a, about a K per, not far below that. Um, but, you know. Low swinging strikes. Not like he's a good ground ball guy. I'm not seeing that continuing, even though I say that, acknowledging that Mike Fires has now thrown. Oh, gosh, Mike Fires. 14 of 15 quality stuff. <laughs> he's just, he's just like, it's just, I no idea. No idea. It's, it's now 17 starts where Mike Fires is 9 and 0. With a two twelve ERA and seventy one strikeouts in a hundred and ten and a third. I don't want to be there when it all catches up to him. Houston. His, his deal with the devil runs out. Houston this week, he's already in this stretch. He's had two quality starts against Houston and two quality starts against Minnesota. But I, I'm so nervous about starting him against Houston. I'm glad I don't own uh, Mike Fires and I don't have to make that decision. Any changes to the two-star pitchers for this upcoming week? When we talked about them on Friday, it was a pretty bad list. Mitch Keller becomes more interesting than most of the guys on the list. We've already said we're not quite ready to throw him into the fire. Uh, were there any changes that you saw? Into the okay. <laughs> what? What's so funny? I just we were talking about fires, and then I thought <laughs> I thought you did that on purpose. No, I but. didn't. It, I, when I said it, I felt like I was trying to make a pun, but I actually I wasn't. I wasn't. I was thinking of a story a few years ago where I was having dinner with my wife's family and her grandmother, who is no longer with us. But that's neither here nor there. It's sad. Um, I don't know why I threw. That. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> she was talking about why uh, how she went with her friend to see her friend's grandson pitch. And I was, you know, thinking it's some no name or whatever. And she goes, and I'm well, what was his name? I say, and she was like, Mike, uh, fears. I want to say no. your friend's grandson is Mike Fires. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a pretty random. cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that actually is a good story. I didn't mean to make an abrupt segue, but are there any, Two-star pitcher updates. Um, yeah, there are some two-star pitcher updates. I don't have them prepared. That was uh, brought to you by Bill Lumberg. Like, yeah. 
Uh, uh, so I'm trying to remember what they were now. Oh, the Diamondbacks go from Mike Leak being a two-star pitcher. Obviously, he started Sunday. It was horrible. Merrill Kelly is now, but one game's at Colorado. Not super excited about that. Uh, Mitch Keller, obviously, is a two-star pitcher. I guess you mentioned that at the top of the segment. And uh, Matthew Boyd's a two-star pitcher now, but, you know, that's... You okay. see two balls next to his name. Obviously, you're starting him. Yeah, nothing that interesting. And any uh, sleeper hitters you want to tease? Please read Scott's sleeper hitters column. Very, very useful. Sleeper hitters I want to tease. Uh, pretty much the whole Yankees lineup because they have a lot of, like, cast-offs and retreads in there right now because of all the injuries. They're all hitting well. And they play eight games this week, four against the Orioles, four against the Indians, but they miss Shane Bieber. They do get Clevenger, but still. Yeah, um, I can't I can't support Mike Ford, but other than that, sure. Yeah, and I don't yeah, think like, I could support Cameron Maven. But <laughs> Urshela, of course, Talkman, yeah. of course, um, Brett Gardner, yeah. Cameron Maven. Yeah, Cameron Maven's actually 10th on the list. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. he's playing every day. I mean, he didn't play Sunday, but that was a rare day off. He's playing every day. Okay. And hitting well. You I know don't what? buy it long term, but hot hand with those matchups, why not? Interesting. Well, Sanchez is back now, so that's going to at least probably be at least one DH day. All right, all right. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Today's sponsor is SeatGeek. Please uh, check out SeatGeek. Use the code FANTASY for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek uh, is a very dedicated sponsor of ours. They sponsor a lot of our shows, not just the fantasy shows, but... Great sponsor for CBS Sports Podcast and a great app. And I am on SeatGeek basically every day right now monitoring tickets to a football game. And I will be purchasing them on SeatGeek. You can use the code FANTASY for 10 bucks off. A lot of bullpen news for you here when we come back on Fantasy Baseball Today. Stick around. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Well, the uh, Braves might have a new closer by the time you hear this, like from Sunday <laughs> night to Monday morning. But I don't think it'll be new. It'll be one they've tried before. Uh, Sean Doolittle had a had a horrible outing on Friday. Uh, what a cool series that Mets National Series was. Uh, but he bounced back, got a save on Sunday. Ken Giles thus far has avoided the IL. It was looking like they might have to put him on the IL, but so far he's off it. And uh, they've been, I think, a little encouraged based on Sunday. So Derek Law might be the guy. He got a four-out save on Saturday. Has 11 straight scoreless appearances entering Sunday's game. I don't think he pitched on Sunday. So... I think it's still Giles, but if Giles does go on the I.L., take a look at Derek Law if you're desperate. Meanwhile, Mark Melanson was the closer. Is he still the closer? Uh, he gave up four singles and four runs at Miami on Saturday. I, I got a little excited about this when obviously Shane Green, uh, you know, been terrible through his first four appearances, a blown save, a loss. And uh, they said, OK, Mark Melanson, we're going to go with him. His, his, he had, was on like a good run for a solid month there. But then the first chance he gets against the Marlins, foreign runs. Shane Green actually came in and technically got the blown save, yeah, but obviously. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then they turned to Luke Jackson Sunday, and he allowed three hits and probably shouldn't have gotten the save, but he did. So I don't imagine Luke Jackson's going to be the guy next time out. I have no idea who it's going oh, it's to Melanson. be. I, it's Melanson. I, I would think it's Shane Green again. Well, I, he gave up four singles. Like, I feel like there's a little bit of Melanson. I feel like there's a little bit of bad luck there. Here's here's the issue with the Braves, because all three of their big acquisitions, Green, Melanson now, and uh, Chris Martin, too, have been just awful <laughs> in the short time since they've come over. And so, you know, their bullpen looks worse than ever. And I think this is just kind this is kind of summing up what it is to be a closer, I think, in this environment, because you have the the true lockdown relievers like like the Aroldis Chapman's type who, who their their strikeouts are so awesome that you you know in the long run they're going to be dominant 
And then you have the pitchers that are obviously just bad. You know, they're 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 one. They're not handling any high leverage role, and they're going to get to sent to the minors soon enough. And then you have all the pitchers in between. That the ratios are like, yeah, they're good enough that they might do fine in the closer role. And all three of those guys they acquired are that kind of reliever, as is Luke Jackson himself, by the way. And it's just such a crapshoot, I think, with that caliber reliever in the environment we're in now where they might go on a good run. They might have an awful outing. It's just who knows. And uh, in the long run, the numbers will probably be fine. But how many games are they going to blow on the way there? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've seen that from all but like those 10, 11 guys at the top of the relief pitcher rankings, right? Well, yeah, RP's been wild for sure. Uh, yeah, I will see how many people we actually trust. The guy I am starting to trust again is Hector Neris. He's really turned it around. I certainly... See? What? But that's he's probably in that group where okay, yeah, he's on a nice run right now. I, I don't think go bad again. I think that maybe eventually. I think that after he he got demoted what last year and he came back up and he was freaking awesome. And he was awesome the year before, I think two thousand seventeen. So I feel like he's a good pitcher, but he's clearly pretty streaky. Um all right, who else? Emilio Pagan I trust. I think if you want to pick up a a, a closer, Pagan is getting so many of the save chances for the Rays, including a one-out save today. Yeah, four uh, straight yep. saves he's got for the Rays in five of six. Jose Leclerc, I think, is pretty much worth picking up. He's 50% owned. Mm-hmm. Seth Lugo, so here's, okay. <laughs> so the Seth Lugo comes in and pitches the eighth. The Mets on Saturday. The Mets go ahead and take the lead, I believe, in the bottom of the eighth, and they leave Lugo in to pitch the ninth. And Mickey Calloway says, well, I knew that Lugo wasn't going to be available for us tomorrow, so I just decided to give him a second inning. Edwin Diaz is still our guy. But, like, if Edwin Diaz is your guy, you probably use him in that situation, especially since he was very well rested. So today, of course, Lugo wasn't available. They were pitching in the ninth. They bring in Diaz to pitch in the ninth inning in a non-save situation. He's losing by two or three runs at the time. And he stinks again, and he gives up a home run. I uh, I don't know how much longer they can continue to stand by Edwin Diaz. And Lugo's been so good, and I've said it so many times, he's worth picking up even if he doesn't get saves. But uh, Diaz, now look, he, he hadn't pitched in six days before giving up a home run today and a walk, so maybe that had something to do with it. But it's just clear who the best reliever in that bullpen is. But I think if you're desperate, like if you don't want to worry about a Braves closer, Oberg's definitely the guy, although they never win. Pagan well, is... and he had a terrible showing Friday, I guess it was, oh, where he gave that. up four and runs in a non-safe situation. Oh, okay. I missed that one. Uh, Pagan is is the guy. Pagan is definitely someone I'd look at. He's 44% owned, and uh, and LeClerc is 50% owned, and those are some options for you. Okay, good good stuff. News and notes. Mitch Keller is going to start against the Angels. I think, have we, have we told you that yet? Nelson <laughs> Cruz is on the IL with a wrist strain. Uh, which he might try to come back and play through, Scott. A pretty serious-sounding injury for Nelson Cruz. Yeah, uh, it's worse than just a strain, actually. It's a ruptured tendon, but there there seems to be some hope he can play through it. So we'll see about that. Obviously, that would be a big loss because that's somebody you're happy to have in your DH spot, even in a head-to-head format with the smaller lineups because he's so good. Nelson Cruz, yeah. Uh, Christian Yelich did pinch hit on Sunday. He's been out for a little while, but he was able to pinch hit. That's a good sign. Alex Verdugo is likely out two weeks with an oblique strain. Max Scherzer felt much better and should throw, I think, a bullpen session on Tuesday. Ross Stripling likely to return as a reliever, but not set in stone when he comes off the IL. Ross Stripling. Uh, Yadier Molina. Rich Hill apparently is returning as a reliever. Oh, Rich Hill also. Yep. Who the heck's going to be in their rotation? Dustin May. Dustin May. Yeah, they still leaves one, though. Ryu, Kershaw, Bueller, May, and Maeda for now. I think Maeda, now. I think Maeda is one start away from like a $1.5 million bonus. I mean, he picked a good time then to have <laughs> yeah. a great start over the weekend because that was the first time he had even gone, I think, five innings in like a month. 
He Weird. said that he had a mechanical issue. Uh, mechanical issue sounds like it's his car. Uh, he had an issue with his mechanics, not the guys working on his car, and that he you know, fixed it. So good start for Maeda. We'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see what else. Yadier Molina likely back on Tuesday. Griffin Canning could make a start this week. Luis Severino through a bullpen session. Right now, positive trends for Severino. Yandy Diaz almost certainly out for the season. The Marlins may use a six-man rotation down the stretch. Johnny Cueto pitched. He threw 92 miles per hour. That's pretty good. Uh, in the minors. In the minors, yeah. D. Gordon's back. Mitch Hanniger is going to be a rehab assignment on Tuesday, Mitch Hanniger. Juan Soto day-to-day with an ankle strain. X-rays were negative, but that just happened on Sunday, and that's definitely one you got to keep an eye on. Jose Martinez left with shoulder discomfort. Chris Woodward, the manager for the Rangers, said that pitching prospect Joe Palumbo will get called up at some point, Scott. Hmm. Well, can't can't go worse than some of the guys they've been using at the back end of that rotation. But uh, I would not be terribly enthusiastic about that. Okay. Okay. That's Joe Palumbo. Brian I mean, Dozier. used him a couple times already this year. If you start Brian Dozier, just be aware he his wife is about to have a baby and he could be going on paternity list. Oh, man. So, yeah. Congratulations in advance. And look at the most added players, the ones that we haven't talked about. Kino, Talkman, Urshela, J.D. Davis, Aaron Savale, Mike Fultonevich, Mark Melanson. Okay, here's one. Jason Kipnis. Up to 43% owned. If he's on a hot streak, yeah, he is. I did not know about it. And I do not care about it because this is the second time he's been on a hot streak. Am I going to have to argue with you again, Is it not just one long hot streak? Let me see. Because that's how I've been categorizing it. Then he wouldn't have been owned in like 20-something percent of leagues. Well, except he's Joe Kipnis and his season-long numbers are still Jason Kipnis, not Joe Kipnis. What? Did I say Joe Kipnis? He's Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley Ipkiss, right. That's what, uh, that's what his name always reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, I would say he's on a three-week hot streak so that followed Sunday, a three-week cold streak. 45 games, 317 batting average, nine home runs, 933 OPS for Jason Kiptis. And that started when he said he figured something out with his hands to shorten up his swing. Garbage. Why are you making that gesture? Because there's a three-week <laughs> there's a three-week stretch in there that's pretty bad. Now, I do have to check now and see mm-hmm. if maybe one of the reasons why it's bad is because it, it was the All-Star break, and that's why the Very fantasy points aren't good. Very few hitless games. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I'm sorry. Well, you probably don't need a second baseman, but if you do, I, I think I think Joe Kip... <laughs> why am I calling him Joe? He's been around as is long that's as... That's terrific. He's been around since 2011. You know, I was writing his... about him as a minor leaguer before that. Here's your hot streak here. 45 games, 933 OPS. Joe Kipnis. Joe <laughs> That's really funny. No, it's not funny. It's sad. All right. I, so... keep, <laughs> I keep like calling my kids the opposite names. Like, oh, I think a lot of people do that. Well, I feel like you should be older than I am before that starts. No, no. Don't be so hard no? on yourself. Like, without fail. It's like I more often call them the wrong name than the right name. Yeah, all right. He had a 17-game stretch within those 45 games where he had a 623 OPS. He slugged 317. So it's been hot, 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 pretty cold for... That was that was surrounding the All-Star break. So that was 17 games. Not so bad. And then he's picked it up again. Uh, you can have him. I don't want him. You can have him. He's too Joe Kipnis for me. Next up on the most added list, Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, so are you buying Aaron Sanchez? 75% owned, new Astros pitcher? Not completely, but it's, you know, under the same header of, hey, look, a pitcher showing upside. Maybe. And, yeah, I will point out that the second start with the Astros, again, there were more four-seam fastballs. There were more curveballs. There weren't as many as the no-hitter or... Yeah, the no-hitter. Combined, yeah. Combined no-hitter. But they were up again a little bit. Okay, Willie Calhoun, 54% owned, actually. I would be willing to drop him for Aquino, would you? Willie Calhoun? Yeah. It's not by a huge degree that I prefer Aquino. Uh, I was still 
putting in claims for Calhoun this weekend more than I was dropping him for somebody else. But if push came to shove, I'd drop him for Aquino or J.D. Davis or certainly Urshela if he's still out there. Cal Quantrill is now up to 34% owned. Uh, Trent Grisham is 31% owned. He hasn't quite panned out. But not, I mean, not, not terrible. Okay, he's been yeah, doing all right. Yeah, not terrible. And he's been playing a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much just five outfielder leagues where I've had a reason to add him, but he hasn't been bad. Did you hear my update on Gavin Lux? Did you see my tweet? No. Yeah, an ESPN.com story on the Dodgers said Lux, is, they don't see him up this year. Hmm. I gotta disagree with them there. <laughs> he's, a, I think he's a Dodgers writer. <laughs> oh, the Do- was it, was it the Dodgers writer quoting someone in the organization, or was this just his opinion? It's just like your opinion, man. No, he's. I'll read it for you. I mean, I talked about this on Friday's show, but I'll pull up the quote for you. Uh, that's a look at the most added list. Other hitters. Teoscar Hernandez, uh, over the last 28 days, going into Sunday, he went 0 for 4, I think, on Sunday. But Teoscar Hernandez, over 28 days, was the number 18 outfielder in points leagues, number 9 in Roto, batting 299 with 10 home runs and 3 doubles in that stretch. So do you think Teoscar Hernandez should be more than just 15% owned? Not a lot more. There's just, he'll hit some home runs, but there are many more exciting options out there. Someone asked me a tough question. He said, would you drop Will Smith or Travis Darno for Wilson Ramos? Wilson Ramos is catching fire. He's been great in August so far. And Will Smith homered on Sunday. His previous seven games, he was 4 for 21. I think Darno's cooled off a bit. So what do you think? I mean, this is tough choices you have to make, riding the hot hand and, and then the established guy where – if we asked you this question two months ago, you'd keep Ramos for sure, but what about now? I, I don't think I would move on from Will Smith. He's slugging like 750, and there's just no reason to do that. Darno's playing time has really gone down since they acquired Aguilar, which is a curious decision on the Rays' part, but nonetheless, that's what's happened. And without that playing time advantage, Darno is not that special anymore. Yeah, agreed. Uh, where's my note on Gavin Lux? It's one of my tweets, Scott. Read my stinking tweets for once. How many, how many tweets did you send out over the weekend? You're not a prolific tweeter. No, you know it was, Chris it on, Towers. No, I'm you know, not. It was on Friday. It's on Thursday, I think. Thursday night. Go look at my tweets. All right. uh, Josh Bell homer twice on Sunday His first home run since the All-Star break Would you start Josh Bell this week? Control F for Lux Oh, here we go Alright, you just have ESPN colon So, it's the network saying this apparently The Dodgers don't just see Lux as a longtime contributor for their franchise They see him as an instant leader in the clubhouse But they do not see him as an option for this year's postseason run See, that sounds like he has insider information yes. yeah, He does. or she, whoever yes. this person is saying this yeah right it sounds it, it sounds convincing yeah but sometimes people speak a little beyond their breadth sometimes you know? uh, yeah people are wrong about that stuff all the time with prospects yeah. all the time that happens uh where are we scott more hitters matt carpenter sat against a lefty on sunday tim edmund's been playing every day for st louis uh, Tim Edmond deeply. He's not hitting very well. Luis Arias is playing about every day for Minnesota. He's 18% owned. He's batting 350. This hits a bunch of singles. And he might sit if against Arias. It's Arias. It's different from Julio Arias. They pronounce their names differently. It's spelled A R R A E Z. Oh, that's some. Sorry. I was thinking the Padres. No, guy. no. Yeah, the guy in the Twins. Yeah, Luis Arias. He, uh, he's not, yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm just kind of looking for hot hitters in deep leagues here. And Josh Naylor has been better. He's homered three times in his last six games. He doesn't really start that often. Josh Naylor, he's 4% owned. Um, still Starting having... more often than Myers, though. Will Myers. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they got four guys for three spots. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about pitchers right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. 
That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Studs being studs. Trevor Bauer, seven innings, one run, 11 strikeouts against the Reds. No, he pitches for the Reds. Who did he face? Against the Cubs, I believe. Uh, Yeah. Lucas Giolito, 13 strikeouts in six innings, two runs, and took the loss against Oakland on Sunday. And Mike Miner, eight shutout innings on Sunday at Milwaukee with 11 strikeouts. Scott, what are you drinking? Yeah. What are you drinking? What is that? It's Barks. Root beer? Barks root beer, yeah. Look at the back. This is my favorite part of the can. You see that? No. It just says, it's good. (laughs) It's good. Uh, Look at the the back of the can. How How many grams of sugar? 45. You got to stop drinking that stuff, man. No, man. It's too much. Sugary well, drinks are like murder. Only if you're not responsible with it. You got to drink responsibly. Like one of uh, them a day is irresponsible. No, it's not. If you limit your sugar intake otherwise. I have a plan. I have I have a sugar. Says the guy who who dips peeps into his tea. Yeah, those uh, there's 7 grams of sugar in a peep and I'm using one. That's my <laughs> low sugar caffeine alternative to a soda when I've had too much sugar for the day. Okay. I put a peep in a tea, it becomes 7 grams of sugar instead of 45. That's I know what good. I'm doing. All right, all right. Um okay, so Bauer Giolito minor. Look, I am going to speed things up. We're going to start these guys. Studs being studs part 2. Uh how many of these guys do you feel comfortable starting? Robbie Ray, pretty good start at the Dodgers. Kenta Maeda, we talked about. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka, eight shutout innings, only four strikeouts at Toronto. Swinging strike rate has been pretty down lately uh, for Tanaka. And Herman Marquez, who's home against Miami this week. Who do you feel comfortable with, Robbie Ray, uh, Kenta Maeda, Masahiro Tanaka, or Herman Marquez? Just thinking about all the tweets I'm going to get before you even brought that up, Adam. <laughs> now some people just think I'm so unhealthy. Um I didn't hear words you said. What are you asking me? Robbie Ray, Kenta Maeda, uh-huh. Masahiro uh-huh. Tanaka, and Armand Marquez. Do you feel yes. comfortable starting these guys? Uh, Marquez, I think we're still on the away-from-home plan, absolutely. What about home this week against the Marlins? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd roll those dice. Okay. I mean, unless I had a great alternative, but I probably don't. Okay. Um, the others, Robbie Ray, sure. Well, Colorado or at Colorado or San Francisco this week. Mm. That makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I can see what I, I struggle sometimes, you know, right now sometimes teams go six man, sometimes teams throw in a, a an opener like a bullpen day or something to stretch Look, people out. It's it's not ideal in any of these cases. I wouldn't be afraid to do it in any of these cases. I would rank them in terms of likelihood to start at them, Marquez, Ray, Tanaka, Maeda. Okay, so he pit one, two. So he's scheduled to face Colorado on the road, Robbie Ray. So obviously that would be bad. Studs being studs part three. Are you starting these guys? Mike Fires against Houston. Marco Gonzalez at Detroit. Julio Tehran probably against the Mets. Um, I would rather not start any of them. I'd start Marco Gonzalez at Detroit. Yeah, that would, that seems like the best one. 
I'm not sure he's not the worst pitcher of these three, but you know, none of them, none of them are good. Julio Tehran's weird though, because unlike the other two, his strikeout rate's actually decent. His FIP is uh, his xFIP is above five. It's you know partly it's because he's a fly ball pitcher who doesn't seem to give up many home runs, and it's kind of a long standing thing in his career, consistently outperforming his xFIP. I think he has by like point six five career xFIP versus career ERA. So, I mean, Tehran might be better than we're giving him credit for, but I'd still rather not do it. Studs being duds. Miles Michaelis was on a nice run. He got lit up by the Pirates on Sunday. Miles Michaelis, he's at Cincinnati this week. Kyle Hendricks got crushed by uh, Aquino and the Reds on Saturday. He's at Pittsburgh this week. John Lester did not have a good start at Cincinnati on Saturday. He's also at Pittsburgh this week. And Caleb Smith got roughed up by the Braves on Friday. And where is Dallas Keuchel? Oh, he was on Thursday. He was on Thursday, not Friday. I mm-hmm. guess I just wanted to talk about him struggling again. Um, yeah, any thoughts on Michaelis, Hendricks, Lester, or Caleb Smith? Do you view any of them as as less than must start? I view Smith as less than must start. Lester certainly is less than must start. Michaelis is less than must start. I think the only one I view as must start right now is Hendricks. I agree. All right, studs being something in between studs and duds. Marcus Stroman... Four runs in six innings on nine hits and three walks, but he did have nine strikeouts. It's actually pretty Dudley. It's a whip of two and a bad ERA, but nine Ks is good. Um, he's at Atlanta this week, Marcus Stroman. So, so far, not a great uh, two starts with the Mets for him. Hugh Darvish, this is a pretty good start, except, but he gave up three homers. So, you know, we don't want to see that. He had given up six home runs in his previous six starts. Darvish gave up three on Friday. Six innings, four runs, nine Ks. Jake Odorizzi, Five and two-thirds, six hits, no runs, four walks, six strikeouts. Actually, not bad, but didn't get the quality start. Walked four, and he left a runner in scoring position every inning, Odorizzi. So got maybe a little lucky against the Indians. Anything to say about Stroman, Darvish, and Odorizzi? How would you rank them? Darvish, Stroman, and Odorizzi is how I would rank them. Odorizzi, for three straight starts now, has been better not pitching deep, but better, just not just in terms of result, but like swinging strikes been up again. And, you know, he was clearly not the guy he was earlier in the season, but I think he's an okay matchups play. But Darvish, I think, is just must start right now. And Stroman isn't far off, frankly. His first two starts with the Mets haven't been great, but nonetheless. Okay. Uh, Fringy starting pitchers part one. If you see him on your waiver wire, who would you pick up? Chris Archer, Brad Keller, Aaron Sanchez, Joe Musgrove, Jeff Samarja. Chris Archer, Brad Keller, Aaron Sanchez, Joe Musgrove, Jeff Samarja. Keller in a points league I would pick up. This last start wasn't very good, but 287 ERA in his past seven starts, six of the seven, six-plus innings. So in a points league, that plays for sure. Um, the whip's going to be high because of the kind of pitcher he is. But uh, I, If he was out there, I'd pick up Musgrove. Uh, not to start, but I I still think there's there's something to like there, as awful as he's been lately. And Archer, I'd probably pick him up. I mean, Archer's a guy who I've dropped some and I've picked up some just depending on my needs. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's at least to a point where he's usable again. I mean, this last start was definitively good. Two earned runs in six innings Terrific. with nine strikeouts yeah. and no walks. And uh, he's he's sticking to that fastball slider plan. 89 of his, his 100 pitches in that start were one or the other. Fringy starting pitchers part two. You saw them on your waiver wire. Who would you pick up? Tanner Roark, Ronaldo Lopez, and Mike Leak. Well, none of them, like, automatically. It, it would be filling a need. Lopez is the best here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Though, I mean, that... That little run he was on where he looked like he might be making a leap is he's since come back down to earth from there um, in terms of the strikeouts. And I think the velocity's dropped back again to a normal level. He's the best. Roark's not bad. I mean, two good starts with Oakland. Obviously, that's a good environment for a pitcher. Yeah. I, I like him better than Fires. I like him better than Bassett, I you think. Like Fires. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Fringy starting pitchers part three. Andrew Heaney, Vince Velasquez, 
Jordan Lyles, Adam Wainwright, and Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm I'm kind of interested in Lyles. This start Sunday was very good. And really, it's been three good starts since joining the Brewers. It's just this was the first one where he gave any length. He had nine strikeouts in seven innings. Well, this is also the first one where he had good strikeout numbers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, but not he's had to the good, point where I'm adding him. He's had good strikeout but... numbers all year. I mean, Lyles is still 104 strikeouts at 99 and a third. The best stretch he ever had in his career was with the Brewers last year. Yeah. It's mostly in relief, but. Still, uh, they they may they may have a good read on what he needs to do. Right. I'll keep an eye on it. And in deep leagues, there's Sandy Alcantara, there's Asher Wojciechowski, Devin Smeltzer, who did not do well on Friday, Mike Montgomery, who's Scott's fave in the world, a- uh, Adrian Hauser, Patrick Sandoval, Sean Reed Foley, Wade LeBlanc. What do you think about Sandoval? I mean, it's not surprising that he got crushed. At Boston this weekend, but I think yeah, I'd like to see. I mean, see four that... walks and four and two thirds innings. That had a lot to do with it. Sure, uh, Sandoval. His first start wasn't a start actually. His first appearance was five innings, three runs, two hits. Five, five innings, three hits, two runs, two walks, eight strikeouts at Cincinnati. I wouldn't mind them using an opener again with Sandoval, but he's got the White Sox at home this week. So five uh, percent owned, four percent owned, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very desperate situation if you're turning to him, but I'm not totally disinterested. This The change-up, even in the short stint, it showed uh, the— it, it looks like a great swing and miss pitch, the change-up. Okay. The control issues were president. President? <laughs> heck. It's almost what that type, Scott. Heck? It's almost... <laughs> the root beer. President. It's not good. President, I love it. Wow. President. Mm-hmm. Present is what I was trying to say. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what was present. Yeah, he had control, control issues in the minors, too. Yeah. Control issues. All right, that's Scott White after dark. I'm Adam Azer. Send us your emails, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We got a big surprise for you on Monday night show that's going to air on Tuesday. Big, big surprise. Get excited. I'm serious, people. This is big fantasy baseball today news. I don't want to miss it. It is big. He's not lying. It's big. All right, we'll be back uh, on Tuesday, Monday night slash Tuesday. We'll talk to you then. See ya.